the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> On Friday, I was driving into a special meeting here at Trinity, and I went down, you know, you have to figure out your route here now with all of the construction. I went down Travis and came around um, Elgin and came up Bannon, and I saw on Francis Street, which is over here, uh, on one side, uh, a whole uh, group of uh, immigrants and refugees waiting outside of interfaith ministry um, to receive support, um, which happens every Friday. I'm not sure exactly what the program is, but I know of it because they often mistake uh, Trinity for interfaith ministry and come and um, need direction. I walk over there. Um, but for, for this Friday, I was just coming in for the noon meeting, so um, I, I, I wasn't able to walk them over, but I saw folks uh, there getting help on one side of a street, and then on Fannin, I saw the growing uh, tent city, the homeless. And I thought of somebody who um, was trying to pit one against the other, like you can only help one group and not the other. Um, and if you're working you know, with uh, immigrants that need some support, that uh, you, you know, you're somehow uh, not working uh, for the homeless. And um, I, I just saw that image of God's people, God's beloved people, standing together, really surrounding Trinity and surrounding Interfaith Ministries, surrounding us um, and looking for healing and hope and what a how hard it is, but what a privilege it is to try to help in the smallest of ways. You know, sometimes it's just speaking a little Spanish and walking over to people when they're, they're, they're in the wrong place. Sometimes it's, um, you know, evening prayer or just trying to, um, you know, see if people are okay when they're um, lying in distress on the street and see how we might help them. And in the middle is the church. And I, I remembered a quote by the man, uh, church father, whose feast day I was, on whose feast day I was ordained a deacon 28 years ago. That's John Chrysostom. And this is his words, but I was reminded of this quote, which was, if you can't see Christ in the beggar, you will not find him in the chalice, which is a strong quote. The point being that um, healing and salvation and repentance and love are not played out 
just in, 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 in one place, but also must be played out, not just in receiving uh, Christ's love and presence for ourselves, but in also giving and sharing and seeing Christ's love and presence uh, in our neighbors. It can be discouraging because Trinity has been um, hosting and serving and trying to advocate for the homeless for 35 years, with the homeless, for the homeless, you know, all the unhoused, our neighbors. You know, that's usually what I say. I say neighbors um, because that's what they are. That's who they are. And it's difficult it's not pretty um, and yet we must see Christ in those who need support in those who need our attention and our love as well as with ourselves and those most close to us I am was wrestling with this gospel because it's such a powerful gospel about Jesus teaching about healing and about how do we heal those that are in need of um, being healed in ways that respect a person's difference, respect the gifts of those who are different, and also uh, call out um, the illness and the evil that we see in this world. And there, there is a lot of evil. I mean, um, we stay away from that kind of strong language because Christians have abused that language. Um, abused it to isolate and abuse other people and whole categories of God's beloved but there is evil how do we clean and heal our world from hate and hunger and um, abuse of women so much in the media now. You know, it's a miracle that a woman gets found, uh, gets believed about abuse that has occurred to her. It's a miracle when she gets justice in the justice system. And yet, the continued abuse, verbal and physical, that she has had to endure, and you all know who I'm talking about, um, is, 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 it's evil. Abuse upon abuse upon abuse. So how do we deal with that? Last, uh, well, also by Chrysostom, there is a wonderful um, quote that goes, I couldn't remember it also, I, I took a, a shot a photo of it it says so we call for repentance and that's not to have somebody live in shame but to have people change and to live in freedom 
And what Chrysostom wrote was, to repent means to have a change of heart and mind. It is not simply a feeling of sorrow, but a psycho-spiritual growth away from evil and death and a turning to God and life. Sin is the wound. Repentance is the medicine. Repentance is followed by a boldness. A boldness means to beg God for undeserved mercy. Satan has overturned this order and given boldness to sin and shame to repentance. And how that works out in our day and time is that it's seen as weak to admit wrong. It's seen as weak to say you did something wrong and to beg God for mercy, which God will give you. And, and that, is, that is not only hurtful, at times as we've seen played out this week, it's, it's evil. Because it leads to more abuse. So, and, and, and to stay unhealed to staying unhealed. And that's not where God calls us to stay. So, uh, as I was looking at this teaching, Jesus teaching and healing in the temple, um, I also thought of uh, the sermon that we studied last week by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr in our adult education class and about the example that he gave at the last sermon he preached before his last speech, before he died, he was killed. And the, the sermon, he gave an example about um, Rip Van Winkle and how the sign changed um, on the mountain where he was between uh, King George and George Washington when he woke up. And he said that Rip Van Winkle slept through a revolution and that um, a revolution, a change, um, a, a, a turning of the tide, a turning of the times, a structural change where, um, where people are given more authority uh, for themselves, which also brings accountability. And he said that we are accountable about whether we stay awake or not through the change that is necessary. Whether we are able to open our minds and our hearts to what's new and being revealed now in the world. Because God's revelation is not over. God's revelation is not done. The Bible is the revelation of God. Jesus is the revelation of God. But that word... That text is alive and well as the Spirit moves through our lives and our actions. And in order to heal this world and our communities and ourselves, we have to not sleep through the change necessary to heal us and our world. So don't ignore what's growing on, on our doorstep. Don't ignore the wrong that we have done 
Don't take pride in being able to abuse other people with whatever power or privilege that we have. I also remembered a song by a Welsh artist that was very popular um, for little, for like a flash last January. And the artist, his name is Ren, and the video, the song was Hi Ren. And his, he, he, some other artists have done this in different ways, but in the video, he's struggling with his own subconscious. Half his life, he's like, he was 33, for half his life he'd been very sick, and the doctors had told him, this artist, Ren, the doctors had told him that, you know, they didn't know what it was. I'm not sure why or how they missed it, but it turned out to be Lyme disease. So he had a lot of pain, and according to the doctors, he shouldn't be in pain. And so when they finally were able to treat it, it had, was a, a, a higher level of inter intervention, and it had affected him for the rest of his life. And so the song he was singing to himself was a struggle about whether he should feel sorry for himself um, because he's been sick half his life, or whether he should stand up in the new hope of the, the gifts that he's been given and the, and the new uh, start that he's been given by being able to be treated at all. And at the end of it, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. He walks out just in a hospital gown. He puts a, a folding chair in the middle of the sparse um, room. And he's this like struggle with those critical voices in your head plays out. Uh, and it's hard to watch. But at the end, he says, At the end, he says, um, now I, I don't have the thing, but he stands up. Um, at the end, he says, well, he stands up from the chair in which he's been struggling, and he talks about hope, and sort of how Bonhoeffer wrote about cheap grace. He says, I have hope, but it's not cheap hope. It's a hope that has been tried and tested in my sorrow and pain. And this hope comes from doing that dance of uh, loving life and how hard life is. The eternal dance, he calls it, of the, the hardship of life and the beauty of life. And he says this, this dance is what makes us human and we must all remember that we are human. I see that struggle in the healing of the Gospels today. I see that struggle, uh, spiritual struggle, in myself and in others as we seek to stand up in hope, even in the midst of um, the, the harshness, but balanced by the beauty of life. And I bring all those quotes and all those examples together because I believe that at the end of the day, we need that word of hope. And 
we don't have, we can do extraordinary things, and many of you are doing extraordinary things. But some of the things that we need to, to stand against is merely isolation, right? It's so easy to go and try to sleep through the next year. I mean, it's not easy, but it can be done. Numbing yourself with Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and to just try to protect yourself from the world around you. But we are called into community. And that's why it is so precious and hopeful to me that you all are here. And then, you know, I went to a two-year-old's birthday party yesterday, and we can't give up on what Elizabeth Fiorenza Schuler, the biblical scholar and theologian, says of this text, that it's a, a text of steadfast persistence. We can't give up our steadfast persistence because there are people that we love for whom the world needs to exist in a beautiful way. We need to gather together, men and women, when women's rights are being taken away and women are being ridiculed like we did yesterday, up in 218, and be honest and struggle with our moral values and statements so we can strengthen our voices to speak rooted in God's love and God's wholeness as a people who value each other. I could go on and on about how we need to live into the wholeness and healing and accept that wholeness and healing of Christ. But everything we do, everything we do is grounded by the fact that we are Christ's beloved. And we need to treat each other as Christ's beloved and give our gifts and our hearts and our rage and our um, love to each other steadfastly, persistently, and hear Jesus' teachings in the gospel as one of moving towards authority of God's love and grace and of healing with that love and grace. So today, I want you to think about every little thing you do and think about how that is part of your steadfast resistance and yes to Christ and seeing Christ in the beggar, whether that beggar be your friend or your neighbor or someone who's just asking something from you. And embody, embody that presence of Christ for yourself and for each other so that we may continue to heal this beautiful world that God has gifted us. Amen.